everyone, welcome to Considered, a podcast where turtlenecks and good designs thrive. I'm Dasha. And I'm Stephanie, and we're two industrial designers considering all things design. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Considered Podcast. How's it going? Dasha. <laughs> well, Steph, I- I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, the other day, my final ever design course and actually my final course in my undergraduate of industrial design, um, it was nice. a medical design course, which was really, really, really cool. Like probably one of my favorites. So good. But the thing that kind of... Uh, was very different is obviously because it's COVID-19 we had to um, do all of our group work online so that has been probably one of the biggest challenges I would say is kind of um, you know restating the meaning of a team and understanding how group work um, can be effective when you do it online um, and it it came with some with some challenges of just people slacking and you know just not doing their parts and it's harder to I think it's easier to do that when you don't see someone in person um, it's easier to slack because you know you're less accountability exactly you're 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 not seeing that person like the rest of your team um, in person face to face you know you you, you can't uh, even confront someone face to face really that way, but yeah, that that's been an issue. We should consider the conversation of teamwork, group yeah, work, absolutely working on a creative team. Yeah, I think that's something we've experienced throughout our four years and mm-hmm. will continue to experience. Yeah. As we progress to our professional lives. Yeah. I remember I was talking to one of my coworkers and she's this, you know, um, like already top of the game designer. Um, You know, she she's doing these, uh, you know, two hundred thousand dollar interior design projects with various clients. Um, And I remember just talking to her and saying like, oh man, I'm so frustrated. There's this kid in my school and he's just, you know, he, in my class, like he's partnered up with me and I'm literally pulling triple the amount of my weight that I'm supposed to. But Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't have it in me to kind of stand up against it. Like I almost just want to get the project over with and, um, you know, make sure that at least I do a good job. But it's really taking a toll on me. And I remember her looking at me and saying, this struggle doesn't ever end. <laughs> like, you'll always have you'll always have people who are not pulling your weight. And it sucks even more when you're getting paid for it. Um, mm. Because you feel like, um, you know, one thing is having it in school. And another thing is, you know, facing the, the whole, the whole, you know, issue. Um, in a professional world and yeah we're, we're slowly diving into that but um it's it's definitely going to be interesting in a few years how how we're going to see this topic and if it's going to be the same thing that we're experiencing in school uh, in terms of like a, a misbalance of work in groups or if it's going to be different so I wonder if different design fields 
have different experiences with Mm. working on a team. Like if you're doing product development or if you're doing Mm -hmm. uh, like a social design Mm -hmm. um, project or visual communication design. I wonder if it's if it's different or if there's this universal Mm -hmm. team Mm -hmm. atmosphere that creatives experience. Yeah. And also like cross-functional teams, right? Like we we as industrial designers or just designers in general you have to work with marketers you have to work with engineers um and having the uh, you know the ability to communicate um effectively uh cross-functionally and work really effectively with people within other teams is also such an important thing and with people in other fields right and I think that's definitely something that we've we've kind of been training for within throughout the years uh being able to work with you know with medical professionals like doctors through medical design or with architects when designing site furnishings um it's all very different and the lingo that they use is very different the way that we talk is very different and definitely something we want to talk about this episode i think i think it calls for a good episode i think it's relatable across the spectrum of creatives and even designers Mm -hmm. and yeah starting out designers fresh faced fresh face fresh faced (laughs) fresh faced ladies from berta The Berta girls. The Berta girls. The turtleneck wearing. Yeah, yeah. All considering Berta girls. Considering Um, them all. So we did a little bit of, um, you know, research out there. And Medium, one of my favorite kind of design-related platforms, uh, posted a couple of um, articles talking about effective teamwork uh, within uh, design teams. Mm. And... I, I, I kind of found a few points and I just want to kind of share them and then we can talk a little bit about our personal experiences and how we dealt with them throughout our career uh, so far, um, you know, whether that's in school or work. So one of the first things that um, I think we should talk about when it comes to teamwork is the aspect of communication. I mean, it's the first thing that you got to set up in your team, whether that's, you know, setting up uh you know, a group chat, um, setting up, you know, a Figma doc, um, you know, a Google doc, whatever it is, you got to have, you know, that that one way of streaming all your work. Um, and it's definitely become more challenging, um, more challenging during COVID, I would say, but having the internet there is, is, is incredible like I've learned so much like I've learned so many new programs that designers can use I started using Miro and it's such a good um it's such an amazing tool to brainstorm um for those of you who don't know it's kind of like an online whiteboard yeah like a giant whiteboard where you can just ideate mm-hmm. and I think they have digital sticky notes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for those who love the post-its <laughs> and want to make it more digital yeah no, yeah it's really awesome like my last the last project I was working on like that we were working on actually in in our course was uh you know creating this medical design for for um parents uh, in the PCICU, which is the Pediatric Cardiac Intensive um, 
care, care units. Yeah. Um, and oh my gosh, we had leaps of research, leaps of ideation. And it was such a good thing to be able to see all of that. Kind of you zoom out and you're able to see all your brainstorming, all your sticky notes. Um, yeah, it's it was a really good way. And, and you can literally see someone's mouse move. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, like uh, your teammates mouse move as they like add on things. So it's a really good tool to kind of, yeah, any other digital tools you know of. I don't know. Yeah, I think so that was what well, we definitely used Google Meet. Yeah. And that was good. I think we, yeah, everyone started off with the camera. <laughs> I kind of slowly like inched away, yeah. you know, stopped getting dressed. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, kind of morphed into um, a little, a little, I don't know, hermit, hermit in my in my room. Um, you tell me you weren't wearing turtlenecks every day. Oh, man, it's so hot in Alberta right now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a summer turtleneck, dude. You gotta find it. Is that like like short sleeve? Okay, I actually have a short sleeve turtleneck. Do you? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> and K, okay, it's black. Oh, of course it. I mean, what other color? If you're buying a turtleneck, you might as well, right? Black's the only way. Matches <laughs> my soul. Uh, it uh, just fulfills the designer's soul. Like, short sleeve black turtleneck, right for the summer. <laughs> we're prepared anytime. Anytime we're ready. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, I think. <clears throat> Communication is so key. Mm -hmm. I think it's something I know I personally am always trying to improve, mm -hmm. whether that's voicing an opinion or having to confront someone. I think communicating, you know, maybe some struggles or where we should go next, I think is, is super important. And it's, it's a continuous uh, progress that at least I'm going through. Um, <laughs> I think we were, we were kind of talking before we hit record about our own different communication styles. Yeah. And yeah, we were kind of talking about how myself personally, I'm not so much a big speaker, mm -hmm. but I'm more so of a listener. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I kind of want to sit back, listen to what everyone's saying, analyze it, digest it, mm -hmm. formulate some thoughts, and then I want what I'm going to contribute to be intentional mm -hmm. and considered. Oh! <laughs> Man, these 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 puns, these jokes are so good. They're they're only going to continue the charts, my dude, to get the charts. better. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I aim to engage a little bit more in maybe stop analyzing so much and maybe speak a little bit more. But I mean, everyone's communication style is a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, that's personally mine that I've kind of experienced or thought about. But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe uh, different communication styles and even your approach. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm just a really loud person. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I think a lot of times um, my aim is to listen more. And um, I think, you know what, I... 
Okay, I grew up in a really, really loud, talkative Ukrainian family. I mean, everyone's screaming, you know, not in a bad way, but just very <laughs> passionate people, right? And I think Ukrainians are very similar to, you know, Italians or other other cultures where you just kind of get really passionate about so what passionate. you're doing. Oh, and yeah. I think that's definitely what I am. I don't know if it's a Ukrainian thing. I don't know if it's thing that I get from my grandma um, but yeah I just get really passionate and sometimes it's a great thing like I'll get super into a topic and you know I'll research it and I'm so excited about everything that I'm doing um, and I'm so excited to be about on the team and you know and sometimes it can be a little overwhelming I think in terms of um, you know, I'll be so excited to share all my, you know, thoughts and opinions and uh, the research and everything because I'm just so excited and so passionate about it. But then sometimes I feel like it almost takes away from those who are not able to um, kind of voice their their thoughts as easily. So I find myself a lot of times um, having to physically stop myself from talking mm. and actually ask, what do you think? Uh, yada, yada, yada. You know, like, what do you think, Steph? Um, um, do you what what are your thoughts um, and a lot of times people like you are just gonna jump in and their points are often like just crisp to the point and I'm like how come you didn't talk this whole time like you're so <laughs> smart uh, but yeah like I, I, th I think that's definitely my flow sometimes I have a tendency to almost take over some some conversations um, with that being said though I always strive to be personable, a personable person. And yeah, I just want to make others feel comfortable, whether that by making cheesy jokes or, um, you know, but I definitely struggle with, with, with the discomfort of silence. Uh, that is my, yeah, I, I, I am a filler person. I will, fill in any silence sometimes I start asking a question without actually knowing how it's gonna end and I have to I don't know if anyone else experiences this especially during an interview when you're interviewing you know a user of some sort and I'm like running out of things to talk about or ask about or you know midway forget about my question and I just I'm like so what have you been doing you know and it's just this like awkward thing where I'm like trying to gather my thoughts simultaneously as I talk but yeah that, that's such a good um that's such a good trait to have sometimes <laughs> maybe I guess sometimes the wheels aren't spinning and you're you're trying to think of something insightful to say and contribute and yeah crickets crickets <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's that's a great trait to have to always be on the fly and, you know, kind of come up with yeah, stuff. I, I think when I'm put in that situation where I'm speaking to a client mm -hmm. and I need the conversation to be going, I can I can whip it out. Mm -hmm. Not the most comfortable and not the most fluid, but I can uh, whip it out for sure. But I think one of the important things is being able to reflect on how you interact in a group mm -hmm. and what you bring, what your strengths are, yeah. maybe what your weaknesses are mm -hmm. and how you aim to improve. I think that's so important mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that we're considering it. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the last one. <laughs> I got to I got to stop. stop. <laughs> stop <dude. laughs> we got to consider it. 
<laughs> no, it, it's it. a it's a really good point. Yeah, like I know, especially like during our capstone projects, um, we were working with you know the largest group sizes we've worked yet. You know, six people, uh, which I'm sure to other professionals that sounds like a joke, right? Because they're probably used to working in huge teams, but mm. that was the largest we've ever worked with, and we worked with clients during that time during our capstone projects. Um, and it was definitely a very hard thing to keep um, yourself accountable and also keep others accountable. You know, not having to do, um, you know, their portion of work and knowing a good way to confront them about it without mm. making the rest of the year uncomfortable for everyone and for yourself included. You know, you don't want that awkward tension, but you also don't want to like you know, hold it in the whole year uh, or the whole term and then just explode at the end when you're just, you know, you're just so angry because you had to do this extra work of someone else. Mm. Um, I know that that's what happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it happened to really everyone, but yeah, yeah, to you especially. Yeah, yeah, I think all of the groups had, uh, you know, it, it was a really long project. And I think in my own opinion, I don't think the pro the project needed to be that long. We were talking about our medical design project that we just did, which was three weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we did as much research mm-hmm. in the three weeks that we, at least my group, maybe did in, you know, the full eight eight or nine months mm-hmm. of the full year. Yeah, and had this like sick like so well thought out project Mm -hmm. where the capstone I feel like could have been more condensed like it would have been nice in my opinion to have two Mm -hmm. like projects two semesters but again like that was just our topic that we chose yeah and I think what's important is going back to that communication I mean you talk about being a passionate person When it comes to my schooling and my education and my career and my development, I would say that I am super passionate about Mm it. It's always been my number one priority. Mm -hmm. I've prioritized it for years. And when you have a uh, goal to kind of keep pushing yourself and have a certain expectation as to what you want to contribute and what you want to Uh, have with your outcome and it doesn't match up with maybe the work ethic of others in your team it's it's really challenging yeah and you know is confrontation really going to get someone who really doesn't um care so much maybe about their education as much as I do Mm -hmm. um or standard of work on on my same level you know what is that really going to accomplish but I think one of the things that I learned was kind of you know bottling that in isn't really healthy Mm -hmm. Um, and it just slowly starts to eat away at you until you kind of combust (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah but I think again we talk about learning from you know, working on a team, how we can be better, how we can hold people accountable, what we search for 
in a group or in a team, I think is so important. Yeah. And it's it's a hundred percent I a hundred percent agree with you. But yeah, um I guess what 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 are some what are some tactics of keeping yourself sane in that case? Uh, I, I think one of the things I've researched was um you know, the importance of division of work, but also having a logbook, like having, you know, my my partner, he's an industrial uh, designer graduate as well. And he's his his minor was engineering unlike ours, which was, you know, business and marketing um, and something that he learned from his engineering classes and in his projects that he's done with engineering students is um, they always keep a logbook of um to, of their of their attendance of their contribution of everyone's contribution to each project of every single meeting like they have a logbook of the key points in every single meeting discussed uh the development of each of each stage of the project like everything is so recorded in terms of the team not just in terms of the project the research you know as designers you're taught to record your 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 research your mm. uh, ideation everything like that of course we live by that but I think it's something to learn from from engineers is the importance of recording, you know, um, your your team effort as well. And then that way you also keep yourself accountable um, as a team member. Right. You you don't want to not attend um, and and be noted that you have missed it, missed a meeting or uh, you haven't contributed to the meeting. and yeah, I think I think that also goes as far as a uh, professional career as well, because eventually uh, something like that in a professional career, if someone's missing things uh, or not contributing, they're just it's not fair that they're getting paid the same. Right. That's that's at the end of the day or it's not fair that they still have their job mm-hmm. and someone more uh, passionate or more hardworking is not getting that job. Right. So it, it's it's an interesting kind of thing that we worked on. I know you said that at your current job that you're working on, you guys have a lot of those kind of managerial tactics to keep every team member on point uh, in terms of their work and their team. Uh, you said you've mentioned the uh, MAST, the M-A-S-T. Yeah, the, the uh, position I'm in currently in my job, uh, there's like a couple different tactics that managers will use or uh, team leads will use one has been like what they call a mast so essentially it's kind of a log of what you're working on Mm -hmm. so you have your ongoing projects which you rate in a priority description Mm -hmm. of what they are um, what the deliverables are Mm -hmm. you know an update next steps and the date that you plan to have it completed Mm -hmm. so I think referencing that uh, to kind of keep you on track with all the things on the go. And then you have a section for projects on hold or projects that have been completed. Mm-hmm. And that's typically uh, viewed by the project lead or the manager and their, um, you know, the weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. I've heard uh, talking with those who work in a studio, I think how it's set up where I am is kind of a weekly thing, mm-hmm. but a design studio is more every day mm-hmm. where they have those morning meetings and they talk about what everyone's working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my experience, it's just that, uh, work that's, you know, 
kind of kept keeping you accountable, but also uh, keeping you on track. If I work with a different manager or different project lead, it's all dependent on their style. Mm. I've worked with some individuals where I'll receive feedback Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, yep, good work. Uh, I really like it. Great stuff. But I really have to seek out Mm. kind of what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm on task or, you know, any kind of feedback that way. So I think everywhere is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we practice is meeting minutes. Mm. So every time we go into a meeting, we have a set of objectives, what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. We're going to record what was discussed, Mm -hmm. you know, who's tasked with what. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of, yeah, hold people accountable. And it's something that I appreciate in, you know, my professional job, Mm -hmm. I'd say that I'm currently in. But... I find that what we've learned in our undergraduate degree is there's not really a set defined one yeah. that we've practiced or that we had mm-hmm. to adhere to yeah. when working in groups. Yeah. And I think it definitely would have been helpful. Like um, for myself, when I was interning at Oliver Apartment, uh, which is of um, basically a carpentry and design uh, studio here in Edmonton. Um, something that was really interesting was every morning they had these uh, morning meetings uh, where each person was kind of uh, talking about what they were going to do throughout the day, what their goals are, and it was written out right there on the board. There was a big board that had everyone's task. Even me, uh, a little teeny intern had a little task um, or whatever. Like everyone had their name up on the board. Everyone had a job to do. And the same thing went for when I worked at Restoration Hardware. Um, Everyone had these meetings called the value meetings uh, where we talked not only about the values that we uphold as a company, but also everyone's goals uh, for the week in terms of closing certain projects, certain quotes. Um, Yeah, it it was it's, it's definitely I think it's amazing because it lets you like once you close it, your whole team gets to celebrate celebrate you right once Mm -hmm. you finish that task once you logged certain you know um goal and you've achieved it you feel like you didn't just achieve it your whole team achieved it and it's it's a it's a kind of a team player feeling like you feel like you've scored a goal almost um yeah and it's definitely something that is nice to be practicing and um having because then you're not the only one keeping yourself accountable someone else is too so yeah yeah They're nice to have. Keeps people in check. And reflecting on how I design and how I navigate in my professional career, I like to have order. Mm. And I like to have, you know, be very planned and strategic and have clear objectives. Mm -hmm. And I can just, you know, knock off those boxes. But when it's left to kind of this open... You know, everyone's supposed to be doing the project, but, no one's you know, like, really. some people are pulling yeah. a little bit more, some not so much. Yeah. yeah. Always happens, man. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, going into, I think our third point um, is having meaningful work. 
mm. in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we we can share a little bit of that in terms of what we've been working on right now, right? Like with medical design, medical design, having the ability to, especially during the time of COVID-19, actually help current hospitals um, and the staff who medical staff who work at the hospitals um, and the patients and just the people uh, in 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 Alberta, in Edmonton, uh, with their daily life uh, during this pandemic, and also um, finding solutions that will go beyond the pandemic. Um, it's, it's, it's been such a rewarding experience. Like every project I worked on, uh, we've, we've, we worked with doctors, we worked with people. Uh, I know my first project for that for that uh, course was actually uh, looking into COVID-19 and how it affects um, domestic violence right now around the world because there's been huge spikes and how it affects Edmonton in particular. So I got to work with uh, the Today Center, which is a center that basically helps victims of domestic violence. And I got to design, um, you know, in addition to their website that kind of educates uh, people about ways that domestic violence can be used uh, or ways that COVID-19 can be used against them as de- um, as a tool of power and domestic violence. So like every project we worked on um, in, in that course was such meaningful work that even even though I'm designing, you know, a small portion of a website or maybe even a pamphlet, it feels like it's going to really change somebody's life or change even a little bit the trajectory of their day. Mm. Um, it, it's really, it's really incredible to have that feeling. Yeah, I think, I think it's based on who you are as a designer, mm-hmm. but having that meaningfulness and that you know chance to have an impact in someone's life just opens up that passion and that drive for wanting to have a really successful project, a successful product Mm -hmm. and result. I think that's such a big driving force. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, though, when I reflect back on, you know, previous team collaborative work, not everyone has that same passion as maybe I do or Mm -hmm. you know my passion might be different than yours Mm -hmm. but it's kind of hard to work on a project without it having it be meaningful and impactful Mm. and yeah I think it's such a big driving force for a project you know what sometimes you gotta find uh, an impact or passion Uh, in a project yourself like sometimes you know if the topic is not you know the driving reason why you're you're working on it uh, maybe it's about developing a skill that you want to work on 100% maybe it's about gaining knowledge from other like maybe there's a team member that really shifts your perspective or maybe one of the team members can is you know older and can be a mentor in a way and teach you through certain things you know I think there's so many other things that can be a driving force for and reasons why you should be passionate about what you're working on. Mm. It doesn't just have to be uh, the topic itself. Um, Yeah, like when I was designing, for example, um, in restoration hardware, when we were designing spaces um, for people to live in, 
you know, at the time, I'm studying industrial design and um, I was more into research. I was more into other other aspects of design, not necessarily, you know, furniture or uh, interior space. But I was super excited to come every day to work because of the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to work with the designers who've been in the business um, for, you know, 20 years and own their own design firms. Um, and they have so much expertise, so much wisdom. Like I was just eating all of it up because for me, it wasn't about designing a home for, you know, a Sandra or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Karen. Uh, or Karen, you know, it was, it was about actually, you know, gaining the knowledge, um, and the way that those people talk to clients and learning about that, you know, learning about how to clearly articulate your your point of view as a designer to a client it was an incredible incredible learning experience for me uh so yeah sometimes you don't have to you can learn from your team members just as much as you can learn from um you know the actual project or be excited by your team members just as much as you're excited by the topic of the project a hundred percent I think that's what's so great about design is we were even talking about working on interdisciplinary teams. Mm -hmm. So working with engineers and marketers and different perspectives Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of sitting back, taking in their perspective, you know, listening to how they navigate through the project. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the project isn't something that you're necessarily passionate about and it's not, you know doesn't really float your boat but you're in it and you gotta do it yeah finding you know purpose elsewhere Mm -hmm. and either like you mentioned you know gaining wisdom from other you know mentors and people Mm -hmm. on your team Mm -hmm. I know I I love meeting new people mm-hmm. and having conversations mm-hmm. and learning about different perspectives mm-hmm. and kind of questioning your own in a sense yeah and how that can contribute to maybe how you design yeah absolutely um but yeah I think meaningful yeah meaningfulness can be measured in so many different ways uh, yeah different ways for sure yeah I think the other thing is um, having um, a diverse team is something that's kind of um, important. Of course, right now we're talking about, you know, design teams, but not only can there be a diversity within the design teams themselves, you know, whether you're, um, you know, a visual communication designer and you're working with an industrial designer or um, uh, just in general, like your thought process or your design process could be different but also like working with diverse teams as in like as you just mentioned multidisciplinary engineers marketers uh you know uh, business strategists uh accountants um it all plays in and i think it can all make your it can all make you or break you like <laughs> you sometimes have to fight for your designs uh, when you're in a team of uh, of people who might not necessarily come from the same background as you, um, 
because it is a creative field, right? At the end of the day, we are creative people. Mm. So fighting for a certain aesthetic of, you know, headphones or fighting for a certain, uh, you know, aesthetic of a website or, uh, you know, a certain arrangement of a home. Um, and, and you know that it's right because you've studied it. Because you have very particular, you know, maybe research that backs it up or um, sometimes you have to have those aspects to kind of explain to people why it has to look a certain way, why Mm. a certain curvature needs to be in a certain place um, and explain how it can be user friendly. And you have to really practice that, you know, that language and being able to be patient and explain and understand that not every engineer or every single, you know, marketer or every single um, you know, accountant or f- f- you know, financial advisor or manager is gonna completely understand or agree with you. Uh, but you have to have almost like it's kind of have to be. Uh, I don't want to say defensive, but you have to be able to back up the reasons uh, really methodically. I think sometimes as for your creative decisions, you can't just be like pretty. You know you know the red is really pretty just because it's pretty you have to explain like you know like this is gonna um really this is this has been thought about and thought through sometimes it's harder to explain that when it's a visual language right instead of like calculations and numbers or yeah yeah Yeah, working on you know like you said a a diverse team I definitely have a little bit of recent personal experience with that I think what's kind of a takeaway from uh, some of the gigs I've done over the years throughout school is you have an idea you've been taught a certain design methodology and you know it works but you have to choose when and where um, you know that's gonna apply if you're working for you know an as an in-house designer for a really small company, it's, it's tough. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think at the same time, you need to be open Mm -hmm. to hearing what their feedback is. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can be excited about design and very singular and, you know, I was taught this, so, you know, this is right. You got to be innovative. Like, listen to me, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like, Listen to me. I know I, I bring good things to the table um, and finding finding a balance between advocating for yourself mm-hmm. and uh, but also being open to feedback and criticism. Yeah, I think, you know, I love feedback and I love criticism, but I also want to be heard and respected yeah. for my contributions yeah yeah to what I what I can bring to the table I think it's a a mutual respect Mm -hmm. that I think everyone kind of wants to receive so you know if I'm feeling that way the next time that I'm on a project or I'm working with a group of individuals I want everyone to be heard yeah and I think everyone has different experiences I know like throughout uh our degree mm-hmm. I've worked with um, I've had the chance to work with a couple international students mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful because they have such a great perspective mm-hmm. that is different from mine yeah and I can learn so much Absolutely. and I can appreciate yeah you know their 
you know, their culture, their intent, their history, uh, what they bring to the table. I think constantly being open to that diverse, diverse team, but also feedback and criticism. Absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of feedback, um, something that you you've touched upon was how are you responding to criticism right Uh, that's a very difficult thing I think not just for designers for everyone out there to do is um, you are going to be working on certain projects maybe you've put a lot of work into it Uh, as designers you know these are your babies Uh, sometimes (laughs) like your designer designs are your babies Uh, I feel like a lot of designers sometimes have a feeling um, or get get attached sometimes to some of their ideas uh, that way and when some things get changed around or shut down or uh, flipped over and upside down in terms of critique um, we get a little bit defensive sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's also it's very it's very important to keep an open mind. And I think this goes for everyone, not just designers, right? Especially if you're working in an inter uh disciplinary team, it's it's key. It's it's crucial that you know, if an engineer tells you you can't have this fillet because uh <laughs> for production purposes it's just not going to work with this injection molding technique, uh then you just got to rethink it. You got to think fast and accept it. You can't just always yeah. uh you know, think otherwise. Um it was it was really interesting for me the the value of feedback I've definitely learned through my work experience in restoration hardware I think really well and it was very challenging for me for a long time because um, the people at restoration hardware the people I worked with I love them so much um, they were a fantastic team of professionals and I was the youngest person there. Um, everyone there was at least 10 years older than me Um, so fresh face fresh face man fresh face face. Uh, but it was really nice because all of them were kind of my mentors but something that was very intimidating for me was giving them feedback because Mm. they were all 10 years 20 years Uh, some of them were the age of my parents actually not some at least three or four people of them were Um, and so it was um I had, like, they asked for me to give feedback. That was a part of our training there. It was very important. Everyone had to give feedback constantly. Mm. Um, I had to give feedback not only to people who were older than me, but people who were more senior than me in the company. Um, And that was just the culture of the company, which I think is fantastic, but it was also incredibly difficult like um at first you know I would not be very truthful like I would say oh man I maybe next time when I have more feedback uh, I just got a little flustered um I'm not sure right now maybe I'll I'll, I'll tell you when I when I think of something uh, and I, I, I would never do it and then eventually I started to work up my confidence to and also learn a way of making sure that that feedback is truly just professional feedback and does not affect anyone in any emotional way mm. and finding a really nice way of saying it is very important so yeah that was definitely a skill that I had to learn not only to take the feedback because I was always open to taking the feedback. Like I I was young, I was fresh faced. I'm there to learn. I like throw all the feedback at me. You can, but I think giving it was very big for me. Um, I can give it to maybe someone who's younger than me easier or who's, (laughs) who's maybe on the same level as me, but it's very hard for me to do that for 
or it was at least and I'm sure now as well it would be very hard for me to to give a feedback to someone who's like five years more experienced than me um even if I think that something deserves it right but yeah for sure I think that goes back to crits and critiques and I think we've all been in critiques where you present your work and maybe it's like a, you know, drawing class and okay, time to give uh, feedback and it's silence or it's, I like your work or I like this or I don't like that like curve you did. And it's so, I mean, the feedback is, you know, it's wishy-washy. Yeah, it's... It's not purposeful. It's not constructive. No. No. And I think as professionals and as creatives, we need to know how to give feedback Mm -hmm. and constructive feedback. Yeah. I think that's that's super important. I know one of our professors, he was always so good after listening to 30 different presentations Mm -hmm. and always being able to you know, dissect their presentation and their work and come up with really good, concise feedback. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've always strived for. And something that's worked for me is when someone's presenting, I'll take notes Mm -hmm. of what they're doing, what they're talking about. Mm Because sometimes you're hit with a a whole buttload of information. I mean, if you're making like a five minute elevator, that's not an elevator pitch, but, you know, a five minute presentation that's rich in research and feasibility and everything it's really hard to take it all in and then provide feedback so something that I found is taking those notes to kind of get into the thought process Mm -hmm. and then you know formulating yeah it's Uh, definitely a skill like you have to learn it 100% I remember my professor like pulling me into the room one time when he was giving my grades back and he was like you know Dasha your projects are great um you I can definitely tell you're putting a lot of time and work and effort into it but something that you're lacking is uh the practice of um commenting and critiquing other people's work and sometimes I'm not gonna lie like I I as a designer have you know the syndrome of feeling kind of insecure about my own work and feeling insecure about what I'm doing and feeling like oh man I'm just not good enough who am I to say something to someone else um and so that was very and I mean it's something that I'm still going through where especially when it comes to my work um you know some someone will tell me a critique and I'll, I'll I'll happily take it, but it's very hard for me sometimes to, just you know, uh, step over that boundary and critique on someone else's project. Um, yeah, and I mean at the end of the day, a lot of times the day of presentations would be all pulling all nighters, so everyone's just tired, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it's not like that in in <laughs> real professional worlds where you gotta pull all nighters. Hopefully not, but. Uh- heard horror stories (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um that's definitely something that um I struggled with and I think note-taking really helps with that you gotta really give it your all um and focus your attention on whoever's presenting yeah yeah I think man I feel like this conversation could go on uh you know it's just it's so big and it's always ever-changing 
I think something to keep in mind, as designers, a lot of times you are mediators of um, research. A lot of times you're the people who synthesize really complex information um, and bring it forth to a regular person, to a regular user. The same thing goes being a mediator between, you know, an engineer and a manager or, uh, you know, you, you, you have the power um, of doing that, whether that's through visual communication, whether that's through us being trained on, you know, methodologies of human-centered design and really designing for the user with a purpose. Um, I think it's something to really keep in mind and know that you have the strength and you have the ability in whatever team you're working on to be that mediator. Um, I know a lot of our friends classify themselves as storytellers. They mm. they retell the stories um, that are being told by by the people who they're designing for, but they're just putting them out in different versions, right? Um, and the same thing can be done in in within a group environment, being able to be the communication source, being able to lead an example of teamwork as a designer. Just keep on doing it and working on that skill, and that's definitely what we're planning to do um, as we grow Um in our fields so just remember next time you design be helpful be thoughtful and be considerate